Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Thank you, God, that you are our one thing. There's nothing else that could satisfy like you do. There's nothing that matters more than you, God. So we humbly turn toward you tonight. And we set you in your rightful place, God. We set you in your rightful place. That's in the first seat, the highest, God. Because you are the King of kings, and you are the Lord of lords, and you are worthy of our praise, God. Tonight, we choose you. In this moment, we choose you, God. So we wait for you, and we trust you, Lord. You are good and you are faithful, Father. You are our one thing. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we do pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. Such a sweet presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. You guys can go ahead, take a seat. We're going to jump in. And I'm excited. Thank you to our worship team. Y'all did that. (laughs) That's for sure. Man, amen. Pastor Joel's always like, I could go home now. I get it, right? He's right. (laughs) It's so good. And uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys tonight. Like I said earlier, my name is Hillary. I'm excited to share with you and just share with you what, what, the God, what God has placed on my heart, what the Lord has been dealing with me about. And, you know, I feel like it might resonate. If not, you know, just download the podcast, save it for a rainy day, take a note or something if you need it. You never know. <laughs> But uh, we've just kind of been seeing here at Fondren that when one person's going through something, it seems like a bunch of us are at the same time. And it's been really cool to, to walk through certain seasons together. Um, and yeah, it's summer. It's a new season. It's a new day. <laughs> and the Lord has just really been dealing with me about one thing, which is no, like no pun intended, one thing. But um, <laughs> he's been dealing with me about just waiting Um, which, you know, isn't the thing that you necessarily want the Lord to be dealing with you about. Anybody been there? You feel like you're just in a waiting season, or maybe you're in it right now, and it is annoying, am I right? And I just had one of those weeks, I'm dubbing it the waiting week of 2023, 
where I just felt like everything that could possibly happen did happen. And I was waiting in like every avenue of life, it seemed like. Last week, I had to, had to have some work done on my car, which is super annoying and like such a gut punch when that happens. But like, honestly, should have gotten my oil changed several hundred miles back. So probably deserved that one. But you know, you're waiting on your car to be ready and fine. And then you're waiting on your finances to be restored from spending all the money on your car that you didn't want to spend, right? Or, you know, you're waiting for, gosh, that happened. I felt like I was waiting for some things for people in my life that have been just going through a lot. Um, if I can be honest with you guys, which I kind of, I'm working on my filter, <laughs> so sometimes I'm a little too honest, so just bear with me. But I just feel like I just have a lot of friends who are under attack right now, so I'm just waiting for like things to change. Right? Because when your friends are going through stuff, when the people you love are going through stuff, you feel that. I'm, let's hope, you know, hopefully you have a heart and you're like commiserating. But, you know, you're contending for things for your friends, for your family, and you're, you're waiting for situations to just turn around. I had some class registrations. So I was waiting on that for my classes to open. All that good stuff. Overslept, missed that, but it's fine. <laughs> We're going to get in, in Jesus' name. And then I had a friend come up to me, and he said, when are you going to get a boo? And I was like, okay, waiting on that too still. Hurt my feelings. It's fine. We're still waiting. But I was just in one of those places where I was like, man, Lord, you just have me waiting on a lot right now. And so I took it to God, you know, the way that we all tend to. And instead of asking God, I was like kind of talking at him, not to him. And I was like, Lord, what's the deal with this waiting? What's up with that? Because I'm over it. You love me. Last I checked, one of your favorites, you know what I'm saying? Chosen, all that good stuff. I'm a child of God. I have an inherit. What is, I did not inherit waiting. Apparently I did. <laughs> and it's been frustrating. And so I was like, Lord, what is this waiting about? Why am I waiting on this? Why am I waiting on that? Why haven't you jumped in? Why haven't you intervened? Why haven't you turned things around, right? Can I be honest? We, we ask God these questions. It's okay. Even people in ministry on staff, we ask God these questions all the time because we have some things that are going unanswered in our lives. And I was frustrated. I was like, God, what is going on? And, you know, you have one of those moments where you know, naturally, like, you know, logically, you know, you are not alone. You know, right, what scripture says that God has a plan for you. But sometimes you feel like you've just been hung out to dry. Anyone? It's, it's not fun. And it's not cute. And so I'm like, going back and forth, kind of talking at God, not to him, which I don't recommend. Please be reverent and respectful. (laughs) But, you know, someone told me a long time ago that the Lord can handle your anger and he can handle your rage. So I let him have it. (laughs) And he just brought me to uh, a scripture that I think a lot of us know. uh, Isaiah 40, 31. This is in the ESV, so they may not have it up there. But it says, they who wait for the Lord shall shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Right, we're familiar with it. Mav City put a song out, bops, slaps, and I was like, "Yeah, God got it." Eagles wings. I'm gonna be soaring one day because right now I feel really faint and really weary. 
anyone else. I was like, okay. So he brought me to the scripture again. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And like, yeah, God got it. Know, know the verse, know the song. You know what? I'll do one better. I will play the song and I will just in my car jam, spirit truth, going for it. Arms high, heart abandoned. Not both arms because I'm driving, right? Got to be safe. But <laughs> he brought me to it again because it wasn't hitting. They that wait on the Lord. And he stopped me right there. They who wait for the Lord. And I was like, hmm, have I been waiting for the hand or have I been waiting for God? And he checked me so hard. It was very humbling. And I realized that I had not been waiting on God. I've been waiting on result. And because I was waiting on result, focusing on result, just just so zoned in on that, I grew weary. I grew tired. There wasn't restoration in that because I wasn't focused on the right thing. I saw this uh, TikTok today. Sometimes I end up on like farm talk, which is so funny because like I'm not an outdoorsy farm girl like at all. Animals, not for me. Cat, dog, that's about it. And I saw this video and it was like a hedgehog that got stuck in a water trough and he had been just like paddling what seemed like for hours. So this lady was obviously terrified of being attacked, but she scooped him out with a shovel and just put him on the ground. And he's just heaving and he's tired, like he'd been paddling for hours, going nowhere, just in a circle, in a trough, not even a foot away from safety. And I felt like that, because I'm waiting for these things. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a result. I'm waiting for, for breakthrough. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. But I wasn't waiting on God. I was that poor hedgehog, <laughs> tired, weary. And I'm here to tell you tonight that you don't have to be tired and weary if we can just change our focus from the thing that we're waiting on and just put our attention on God. That's where the change is going to happen. That's where you get fueled up and you're no longer sopping wet, a drowned, harassed rat waiting on something to happen. That's not your portion to to be paddling with no no destination, to, to just be floating aimlessly. We have to wait on the Lord. So there's two things. When we're waiting on the Lord and we fix our attention on him, I realize there's, when we're waiting on the Lord in the right way, there's restoration. And just while we're waiting and we're in that restoration period, you know, you kind of put your hope out there. Sometimes it gets wounded, it gets bruised, but then you get built back up, right? Because, you know, that song hit or (laughs) that service hit or whatever it might be. And then there's like the answered prayer portion. But I want to talk a little bit more about restoration. Restoration is not the answered prayer. Restoration means that something is being returned to what it once was. It means it's being repaired. It's being renewed. But it doesn't mean it goes from one thing to the next thing. So there's like phases in your waiting period. And so while, while you're waiting for, for God to come through, there's going to be restoration in you. 
right? Because the more time you spend with God, the more you change. You can't help it. I, I remember, like, before I was, like, really deep, deep, deep in my faith, people would just make me mad, and I would let them know that they made me mad. And then one day, after going to church, like, a whole lot, people were making me mad, but I didn't let them know. And I was like, oh, breakthrough, okay. <laughs> but it's because I'd been spending time with God. He was changing me from the inside out. So while you're, wait, while you're being restored, because you're putting your hope out there, you're trusting him, you're trusting him, let him change you in that so that you are ready and well-equipped to walk into your answered prayer. Because you have to be a different version of yourself to walk into what God has for you. There's a lot of refining, there's pruning, there's work that needs to be done. So, so even for my car, I want a new car. I've been believing God for a new car, but I had to fix this other one, right? Because, <laughs> you know, it was a brake issue, and I was riding out here reckless and didn't want to die, you know, didn't want to count my days short. So I had to go get new brakes, new rotors, the works. How annoying. And then they were like, you get a lifetime warranty on these. I was like, fantastic, but uh, what happens when I sell this car? Like, where's, the, like, still lifetime? And they were like, no. I was like, well, then does the person who has the car after me, do, the, do they get the lifetime? He's like, no. And I was like, it's not really a lifetime. It's just as long as I want these keys. But in that, I digress. You know, so, okay, still being worked on, you know, sometimes I do let people know. But anyway, <laughs> I realized I'm taking care of this thing so that I'm ready for better. I have to be a good steward of my current car before I can whip in my new one. You know what I'm saying? And so it may not be a car for you. A lot of people, not to put you on blast, but you're waiting for your, your husband or your wife. You're waiting on your spouse. Are you, are you a wife now? Are you a husband now? Or is there work that needs to be done in you now? Are you getting weary and tired of waiting? Is it because you're waiting for the marriage or because you're waiting for what God has for you? There's work that needs to be done. And, all, and I can say I'm single, so... I'm preaching to myself more than anyone. But we have to realize that there's work that needs to be done in us because I don't want to step into something, especially where someone else is relying on me, and not be prepared. And obviously, you're not going to be perfect, but you're probably going to be a little bit better, God willing, if we let him refine us and shape us and restore us and, and, and change us while we're waiting on God. And I want to challenge you guys, whatever it is that you're waiting on, stop saying, I'm waiting on my husband. I'm waiting on God to bring the right person into my life. Stop saying, I'm waiting for a new job. No, you're waiting for a godly opportunity. Change your language. We're waiting on God because we are his children. That's all we have to wait on. There's no more waiting on what the world can give us. I want what God has for me. So I'm going to wait on him with a holy expectation, with my head held high, and just ready to go for what he wants me to go for when he wants me to go for it. You with me? Amen. (laughs) So when I started thinking about waiting, and I was like flipping through the Bible, and I was like, okay, surely there's some stories about waiting. And you can just like, flip and pick a story about waiting. I mean, David waiting to be king, uh, Joseph being in prison, Jesus didn't even start his ministry till his 30s. So if you've done nothing and you're in your 20s, you're golden. Totally fine. He set the standard. 
you have some ways to go. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Or maybe you started and you still have 30 years to go. You're fine. 30 years, you'll be fine. But when I was looking at waiting and thinking about waiting, I had to think of my boy Elijah, the prophet. You see, Elijah rose up as a prophet during a time when Israel, the nation of Israel, God's people were not, they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. Basically, all these kings had had taken over, and every succession of a king got further and further away from God. And he was the last prophet to speak for our God. And if we look at uh, 1 Kings 17, and we'll just in verse 1, we see, we kind of are going through this phase with Elijah. So verse 1 says, Now Elijah, the Tishabite from Tishabe in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, eastward, and hide. So, I mean... Those aren't like the most encouraging verses, but I'm going somewhere, trust me. (laughs) God had to intervene and had to put Elijah and his people in a waiting season. And it wasn't just waiting, it was hiding. And if I were Elijah, I know I would have been tired because not only are you hiding, but you're running out of water. You're, You're running out of the substances and the things you need to function. I know sometimes it feels that way because you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're running out of the things you need to function. Not just the things you want, but the things you need. And you're headed into a drought. And it can be scary. It can be worrisome. And in that fear and in that worry, that's when we start to get weary and tired because we want the result. We want the water when we're in the middle of a drought even though the Lord warned us about it. We want the provision in the the middle of waiting, even though the Lord told us not yet. But if you're faithful and you're diligent and you're persistent and in your waiting, you you turn to God, he's going to turn that thing around and in a big way. We can skip over to chapter 18 um, in 1 Kings, the first verse. It says, after a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself. Elijah had to wait three years and some change before things started to like reawaken in him and his situation started to turn around. And we're going to skip down a bit to verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, This Okay, let me give you some context. This is after Elijah just went toe-to-toe with all these, like, false prophets because they were like, our God is the best God. He can do all these things, blah 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 And Elijah was like, yeah, say it with your chest. I want to see these things happen. And then it didn't work. And then it was Elijah's turn, and he just put them to shame, like, was like, my God is the God. Just watch. So after that... Still no rain, still drought. Verse 41, and Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. 
or of the abundance of rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Flexible, go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. He went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. There is the sound of an abundance of rain, and sometimes you're going to hear or you're going to see the result before it actually happens. They had to go back seven times and check. And I know his little buddy, his assistant, whatever, was tired of being told to go back and check. Are you tired of the Lord telling you to do something? I would encourage you in the most respectful way to get over it. If it takes five, six, seven times, it's worth it because God has it for you. And he has it for you in abundance. It wasn't go and check for a little sprinkle. Don't go and check for a little drizzle. A storm, rain in abundance, change in abundance, restoration in abundance, a new season in abundance is for you. But you're going to have to put in the work and you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to go back, and you're going to have to go back again and again and again, sometimes. But it is worth it, because every time you go back, you're getting stronger. Every time you go back, you're getting a little more endurance. Imagine running up a mountain seven times, leg day. You're going to get stronger. (laughs) What is it that God is telling you? Go back and do it. What are you waiting for? For the Lord checking me right now. He says, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, Lord, I want the easy option. (laughs) You know, I'm human. I don't want it to be hard. (laughs) I want it to be cared for and, you know, wrapped up in a bow and dropped right in front of me. But I have to put in the work, too. And, yeah, that stinks sometimes. And I know sometimes we're just tired. But that's the beauty of the church. We have people who will encourage you, people who will help you on your journey. A couple things in the story that, that stood out to me in waiting for God. Elijah had to do what God said in order for all of this to work out. If he hadn't gone into hiding and if he hadn't come out when he was supposed to come out, they still would have been waiting on rain. If he had come out a year early, a day early, they still would have been waiting. And the Lord wouldn't have been able, I won't say that he wouldn't have been able because God can do anything. But the majesty that came with this miracle had a specific timeline. And the same is true for you. You have a specific timeline that's contingent upon the things the Lord is telling you to do. And it might be hard to walk away from some people or some things, 
but my God, you're going to be so much better on the other side of it. I can honestly say I've never regretted doing what God has told me to do. I've grumbled and done it. I may have complained a little, but I did it. (laughs) But I never regretted it. Because it took me a step closer into being like Jesus. It took me a step closer into being all the things that he has told me I will become. And I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived yet. Because I still have some things that I need to do that he's told me. And the same is true for all of you. Whatever that is, when we, when we go into worship at the end, ask God to remind you. It's okay if you forget. I am very forgetful. Like, to the point where it's, like, semi-concerning. My mom, she's always like, oh, gosh, when you're, like, 65, good luck. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I have too many song lyrics in my head, so I always forget everything else. So I just ask the Lord to remind me, and he will. It's one thing if I'm ignoring him. It's another thing if I, like, truly forgot, right? Just put yourself out there. God's not going to humiliate you. He's not going to slam a door in your face, and he's not going to leave you out there to dry. And when God tells you to do something, you have to write it down. It makes all the difference in the world. I was talking to someone about this I think last week or the week before when Pastor Joel was talking about prophecy and how you're going to get words of knowledge and because you're in this church and you're in this community, people are going to be praying for you. We prayed for you before you got here, which means people are going to have words for you. They're going to have encouragement for you. Write them down so you don't forget them. I literally have a note in my phone where I just like put in screenshots of things. I copy and paste text because I know if the Lord spoke it over me, It's going to happen. And so when I am discouraged, when I am tired, when I've grown weary because I've focused on the result, I'll get a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Check those words. What did I say about your situation? What did I speak over you? We have to do what the Lord says. And then that brings me to my next point. We have to remind our flesh. I'm young. I'm still growing And sometimes my flesh is louder than my spirit. And that is something that I'm working on a lot. (laughs) And I have to remind my flesh all the time, daily, what the Lord has said. I have to tell the, the critic in my head, you're wrong. God is right and he is always right. And if he said that I'm meant to do this thing, if I'm meant to have this, if I'm meant to step into this, it will happen. Even if right now it looks like I'm in hiding, even if right now it looks like I'm in a drought, I know the abundance of rain is coming. And we can't forget that. Remind your flesh. And you do that by going back to your notes, speaking scripture, declaring scripture over yourself. And again, ask God, God, remind me what you've said about this. Remind me what you've said about me. And I know I'm asking you over and over again, but I'm hard-headed and I need an extra, an extra bit of encouragement. I need an extra sign. I asked you for a sign and you gave it to I did One more. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> just one more sign. I just want to make extra sure. And he'll do it. He will. And it doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is. 
Lord, I know the Lord sees me. Anytime I go to Kroger right after work and I get that prime parking spot, I'm like, thank you, God. You love me. <laughs> it's a reminder. For me, it's a reminder. I was like, favor. Got it. Parking favor. But remind your flesh. And the last thing we have to do in, in this waiting is to glorify God. We praise him now for what's going to be done. And that is hard. It's hard in the middle of heartbreak to thank God for the partner that he has for you. It's hard in the middle of a toxic work environment to thank God for provision and a great job that you love. But as soon as you start doing that, your outlook will change because you're declaring God's goodness over your life in those areas. You're putting your faith on those things to change. I remember there was like a season where I I felt like I wasn't as spiritually advanced as I wanted to be as those around me. You know, I got to Word of Life and everybody's like, oh, I had this vision the other day and it was like really cool. Or, oh, God gave me this dream and I was like, sick. (laughs) I just slept, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I got six and a half hours feeling great. And they're like, yeah, but what did God say to you? And I was like, that he loves me, right? Because that's a safe bet. And I got frustrated, right? Because I felt like I was behind the curve. I felt like I was less than. I felt like, man, it must be great to have God talk to you all the time. And I had to give him glory in that self-consciousness and in that doubting. And I had to look myself in the mirror like a crazy person, again in my car. Car was my sanctuary, safe place. And I would look myself in the mirror, obviously not when I was like going down the road, but like at a red light or stopped in a driveway. And I would say, Hillary, like I, you thank God right now. I thank God right now that I am Hillary. I am the one who has dreams. I thank you, God, that I'm Hillary and I'm the one who sees miracles and steps into miracles. Thank you, God, that I am Hillary and I'm the one who has visions to share with those who need it. And it took a long time for those things to catch on. It it took what felt like a very long time, but they did. Because in my discouragement, I gave glory to God. I entered his courts with praise and thanksgiving for the things that I knew he, was going, he said were going to happen. Because his word said that everyone would dream dreams and, and, and proclaim his goodness. And I was like, I'm part of everyone. Give glory to God now for what you want to see done. You've been hurt. God, I thank you that I've been healed. God, and I thank you that I have the wisdom to never fall for that again. You've been without, you've made a mess of your finances. Lord, this was my fault. But I also know that you are a good father. And when I'm out of this, I will never step into this mess again. I will not fall for these tricks again. Lord, I forgave and turned back to a person after I knew I shouldn't have. God, I thank you that I have the strength to walk away and let go. Give glory to God for those things here and now. Today, or yesterday, it was yesterday. I was having a chill day. It was very nice. And 
I have a couple of different Bibles. And one of them, my favorite one, is this little tiny gray Bible. And I brought it up here because I lost her and I have not seen her in almost a year. It's the second time I've done this. I promise you I do love it and I take care of my things sometimes. This is not a common theme. And I found it randomly, y'all, I found it in a purse in the trunk of my mom's car. Wait, who, who looks there? Right, I, live on, I have my own things. Anyway, I found this Bible and I was super excited because she came back to me and it always comes back to me at the right time. And this Bible was the very first Bible I bought when my faith became my own. It was the first one I bought when I was like, okay, as an as a adult-ish person, God, I'm taking you seriously. And to take you seriously, I have to know your word. So I, I went to Barnes & Noble, got the message version because it was easy for me to read. No judgment, no hate, love the message. And I would read this every single day on my commute to work. This Bible reminds me of all the waiting I did during that time. Waiting to know God, waiting to get out of a terrible situation, waiting to hear his voice. And I think God brought this back to me now as a reminder that I can trust him. And that the waiting doesn't have to be so bad because you're never waiting alone. And I think that is the biggest lie of all of this. We constantly think I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one in my circle who even knows what I'm facing. And it's debilitating to feel alone. But God will meet you in your lowly place, in your quiet place, your desperate place. And I, I wanted to read just some verses from here as we finish up. And band, y'all can make your way back. But in Psalm 27, it's a great, great psalm. And in verse 7, this version says, Listen, God, I'm calling at the top of my lungs. Be good to me. Answer me. When my heart whispered, seek God, my whole being replied, I am seeking him. Do not hide from me now. You've always been right there for me. Don't turn your back on me now. Don't throw me out. Don't abandon me. You've always kept the door open. My father and mother walked out and left me, but God took me in. Point me down your highway, God. Direct me along a well-lighted street. Show my enemies whose side you're on. Don't throw me to the dogs, those liars who are out to get me, filling the air with their threats. I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. Stay with God in your waiting. Stay with God through the trial. Because he is all of these things. When your situation turns from bad to worse, 
when people abandon you, when people lie or threaten you, threaten your peace, stay with God because he can and he will see you through. I've been in that hard place where, again, you know that that's true, but it's hard to just receive it and really welcome it it in. But if you can just take a moment to silence that noise and let God minister to your heart, he will show you that goodness. He will show you that faithfulness that turns your situation around. He will show you what he's doing in you during your waiting. Before you know it, you'll be on the other side. My mom always says this thing, and I never understood it. Anytime I would go through anything, I'd be stressed out or worried I'm that girl. Mom and I, we talk every day. When I lived out of state, we spoke literally every day. And I would be stressed out. I would be broken, and I would be concerned. And she would say, Hillary, this is the worst thing you should ever have to go through. And I was like, yeah, no, duh. That's why I'm calling you sobbing, because it's the worst. But I realized what, what she was saying was, when you're on the other side and you look at it, That's the worst thing you're ever going to have to go through. But on the other side, you can see God's mercy in it. On the other side, you can see where he was working in the background to change it for you. And yeah, it was bad. And it may have been the worst thing I've been through, but my God was faithful. It's the best he's ever been to me. Because he pulled me out when I was at my lowest because he affirmed me when I had so much doubt, because he, he righted wrongs that were done to me and, and the wrongs that I've done. He saved me from my enemies and he saved me from myself. So to you, I say, whatever you're walking through or you're about to face, Let this be the worst thing you ever go through, but let it be the best that God can be to you. Wait on God, not just the solution, to turn your situation around. He is for you. And we're going to go back into worship, and again, this altar is open if you need to come up here to get to a space to just quiet the noise in your mind, you can. If you need to sit, stand, kneel, it does not matter. Press into God and again, let him minister to your heart. Let him show you what the waiting is even for. Let him show you the version of yourself. You'll be on the other side of it. And it's my prayer for you that he will grant you peace. He will grant you serenity through all of this. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much. I thank you that your word is true yesterday, today, and forevermore. God, I thank you that where you say you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us, we can trust that. 
God, I thank you that where you said our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth, we can trust that. I thank you that where, where your word says that nothing can ever take us away from your love, we can trust in that. God, I thank you that during this time, you were bringing fresh revelation. You were reminding us of, of the steps you told us to take that we've forgotten or that we've neglected. God, I think you're giving us courage to actually make those steps and to make those changes. God, and I just declare over anyone who's in a waiting season that you would grant them peace. You will grant them a sense of security and knowing that, yes, they are waiting, but they are waiting in the shadow of your wings. They are waiting in safety. They are waiting in security. They are waiting with you, holding their hand, guiding them through to their very next season, their next step. God, I thank you that you are turning lives around, and you are turning hearts around. You are good. Remind us of your goodness. Remind us of your faithfulness. Remind us of your mercy and your glory. God, we trust you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.